0: Okay, guys, let's go. Welcome to The Dad Presents, where we pledge allegiance only to family and principles. In just a few moments, guys, we're going to be spreading some love and liberty with Gary Sheffield Jr. Yes, his dad is future Hall of Famer Gary Sheffield. And Gary Jr. is a fantastic journalist who writes for Outkick.com. If you've not been there, check it out. If you like this show and you like sports, you'll love it there, and this might be your favorite episode. I love that people out there in the sports world are starting to fight for freedom. And, you know, guys, this is still a winnable fight. Might not be for much longer, but right now it's still a winnable fight. So anyway, my my, my 12-year-old Keller, he had his 12th birthday this past weekend. And we had over 40 people up here at the house just just hugging and kissing and breathing COVID all over each other, spreading, spreading love and spreading COVID and spreading all kinds of bodily fluids, because let me tell you what, guys, California mommies like to partay. I mean, California may be getting kind of lame and terrified of COVID at this point, but the the mommies, they still got it like nowhere else I've been on planet Earth, and that's just the truth, and that's probably what's kept me here for two decades. Anyway, I probably had like, I don't know, man, like six, seven, eight eight or maybe a million shots of tequila and then all the white claws that, that I could handle and, and you know, that, that, a, a California pussy boy can drink just white claw after white claw. And I'm still hung over from it. I I'm still hung over from it. Drinking at 48 is not like drinking at 18 or 28 or even 38. So if this episode is not up to snuff, it's totally my 12 year old's fault. Blame that kid. Um, so, what's going on in the world here with me? Uh, I got my first legit haircut that I've gotten in at least three years. Seriously, first haircut I've gotten in three years that I didn't give myself or let my or let the bride give me. And, uh, fellas, ladies, the dad is looking nice. I got so many compliments; it made me feel so good. I I, I forgot what compliments were like. I got so many, I mean, and, and there's a lot of people I've met in the last three years who, who I didn't even know four years ago. So they've only seen, uh, the guy who cuts his own hair. And apparently, apparently growing your hair out like Chewbacca and then shaving it into a mullet and then shaving it completely off. Apparently that's not the way to catch compliments from the ladies, But right now I'm looking smooth and it felt nice to have people tell me that because look, you know, if you look like shit, most people won't walk up to you and tell you that you look like shit because uh, they're nice people. But actually, that's not the reason. they are tell you they won't tell you that you look like shit when you look like shit because they are nice people, but I call bullshit. The reason they don't tell you you look like shit when you do, in fact, look like shit is because people are liars. Like, for example, literally this afternoon, I went to UPS to return some Amazon packages and I had to put on my $3 reader glasses to complete the process. And the clerk girl was... She was cute. She was super cute. And she looks at me and she says, those glasses are cool. Now, she didn't mean that. These glasses are not cool. They come in a package of six and they cost $3. But 20 years ago, because I was a dumb idiot who just wanted to sling dick 24-7, I would have heard her said that. I would have believed it. And I would have spent the next year walking around like a total dickwad wearing my $3 readers thinking that one girl said they look cool. So what she meant is you look like a fucking dork, old man. And that's what she, that's what she should have said. That's what she should have said. Why do women lie? Why do they lie? Why are you liars? Instinctively, when she said it to me, like I instinctively laughed because it's, the truth is so clear to me these days. I just laughed. I knew she didn't mean what she said, and I, I laughed. I didn't mean to laugh in her face, but I laughed. And she knew she was busted, so then she tried to recover. And she said, well, I mean, they're different, which, which is closer to the truth, but it's still a lie by omission. Yeah, my glasses are different. They're $3, and they come in packs of 12 or 6 and no self-respecting man would ever wear them in public. So yeah, they're different. But that's not what you mean. You mean they suck. So thanks for the positive reinforcement on my bad decision. And that's how the whole world gets ruined. That's how that's how society falls. Because nobody tells the truth anymore. Except me. I tell the truth. Always. I'm literally the most truth-telling word sayer you've ever met. I mean, look. The next time you're walking in a park and you see a stranger crying, walk up to them and ask, you know, say something like, oh, is that because of your bad haircut? I'm so sorry because that's what you mean. Just say what you mean. We all need to say what we mean. And we can say what we mean without being assholes like that example I just gave trying to be funny. But you know, let's say what we mean. The biggest rift in my personal marriage is that my wife doesn't, Say what she means when she wants something. She says what she means when she wants to criticize, but when she wants something, she doesn't say it. She makes me try to figure it out. And frankly, I'm not that good at doing that. Just tell the truth. The reason people don't tell the truth is not because people are nice. Some people are nice. There's a lot of nice people out there. But the reason they don't tell the truth is because people don't like to feel uncomfortable or make others feel uncomfortable. And I understand that. So then say nothing but don't lie. You know you know who tells you know who does tell the truth? Not girlfriends. Girlfriends do not tell the truth. Wives. Wives tell the truth. Or at least they will tell you their version of the truth as they understand it. And like I said, yes, when they want something no they won't tell the truth. But when they want to give you the business, they're going to tell you the truth. Like for example, last week my wife said to me Matt, you walk too loud. You walk too loud. Only a wife would say that to somebody. Day before that, she said, uh, you smell, can you shower before you try to kiss me? I, I, I had just worked out. I work out to look good for her. A girlfriend would never say that to her man. Why would she not say that? Well, because she's still trying to get her... Hooks into him. She's still trying to make that situation permanent. The wife, she already knows that she's in for life till death do us part. All the man can do is leave her. And in California, that means giving you, giving her half your money, and then giving your other half of the money to her friggin' lawyer. So what it really means is the only option for that man is to murder his wife and bury the body so it can never be found. And frankly, there's been so much of that in California that there's no more available spots for hiding bodies right? So the wife can tell the truth when it's a negative thing. That's the only thing. The girlfriend, not going to do it most of the time. And yes, those are gross generalizations, and I understand they're not always true. But look, man, we're filled to the brim with fucking buried bodies out here in California. That's just a reality. They're everywhere. So yeah, wives tell the truth, but only to their husbands and only when it's a, a criticism. Your wife will never say to her friend, your wife will never go up to her best friend and be like, oh God, no, Kirsten. Those pants really do make your ass look so fat. That's that's never happened. That has literally never happened in society. So look, I, I don't I don't want to spend this episode getting all sciency on you, but I do have to remind you that I am in Mensa, so I do know all the things. And the reason people lie like that is because of, Evolutionary biology, it's, it, evolutionary biology can be used to explain all of the world's behaviors. The behavior of lying is rewarded. Let me give you an example. The person who lies is more likely to live. And if you live, you're more likely to find a mate. And if you find a mate, you're more likely to pass on your genetics. So your genetics, which made you lie, are more likely to be spread Forward and passed on, and that's how we have a whole world full of liars. So, like the person who tells his girlfriend, uh, "Yeah, your your tits look flat," and that that guy's more likely to get punched in the face and die and not pass on his genetics. That's evolutionary biology, and it can sp- explain the whole world. Bam. Let me give you a, a few other examples. Fast, fast rules of of, of science and life. Right, we all know that jocks kind of dumb. They're kind of dumb. Not all of them. None of these things are 100%, but they're kind of dumb, right? We all went to high school. We know. So why is that? Why are they kind of dumb? Will God only give you muscles or a brain? No, I don't think so. The reason is evolutionary biology. Jocks, from the time they're very young in high school, they attract the most desirable girls at their school they can't they can't throw the pussy away fast enough getting girls comes super easy and they're able to satisfy their most basic male instinct which is to spread their seed and make more genetic copies of themselves in the population now they're dummies so they don't know that's what's going on but that's what's going on their dna is, is sending a message. Hey, we got little seeds down there. We got to go spread those seeds, go spread those seeds, make more copies of us, make make more me, 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 right? So they're able to do that pretty easily. It doesn't take much effort. Meanwhile, the the nerd over in the corner, the girls are not throwing their titties at him. So he's got he's to learn to develop other tools like, I don't know, becoming funny or becoming an artist or becoming a super smart scientist. He needs to do that. He needs to make himself available to the ladies in other ways. Because the guy who's not athletic and also is dumb and uncreative, well, guess what? He dies alone and his DNA gets wiped out. So, uh, yes, I know there are smart smart jocks. For example, I'm one of those rare birds. But let me tell you why. Again, evolutionary biology. I was a late bloomer. I became athletic later. I became a college track athlete. And I was good for my last couple years of high school. But before that, I was a dork. So to make myself desirable by ladies... I had to develop this charming personality you have before you now. I had to work on my brain and get smart, okay? So again, not fastidious rules, generalizations, but you get it. Okay, let's, let's, do, let's, let's do another one because it's fun, okay? Fat girls are usually funnier and they're usually better at giving head. Why? Same reason, same reason. But inverted, fat girls—they're not a. They, what a, a woman's evolutionary biological drive is to make babies and get a man to stick around to make sure those babies stay alive. That's been in her DNA for thousands of years, right? Well, the hot girl, she again, she's beating away dick all day long. Get off me. Get away. Too, too much dick is going at the hot girl. She, she's beating it off of her. Beating it off her with a stick. The fat girl got to figure out other ways to attract a man if she wants to make them babies. So she gets funny. So she gets nicer, etc. etc. Last one. Beautiful girls are usually a little more crazy than the regular girls. Little bit. And I know a lot of beautiful girls, and it might be a little bit offensive. So again, not a hard, fast rule, but a little bit true, right? And why is it? Evolutionary biology. From a young age, a beautiful girl is, is always desired by the boys around her. First grade, second grade, third grade, high school, whatever. Even her daddy treats her better. Even Even a daddy treats the prettier daughter better most of the time. So from a young age, the beautiful girl is desired by the boys around her and her friends want to be liked by her cuz she's so beautiful and cool. So nobody ever tells that beautiful girl that she's full of shit, okay? So men, you know, all of our behavior either gets positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement. Like I wear these stupid glasses, the girl lies to me and tells me they look good. If I was a dummy, that would be positive reinforcement and I'd wear them some more, okay? So, a beautiful woman says some bad shit, crazy nonsense. Well, she gets it positively reinforced. Nobody tells her, hey, you're fucking dumb. So she says crazier and crazier and crazier shit as the years pass until eventually her looks begin to fail her and people do begin telling her the truth. But by that time, it's too late. And she's forever doomed to a life of craziness and cats. She probably got married and divorced a couple times and now she's got cats. So like, you know, If I would go up to one of my best buddies and I'd say, "Um, Hey, I don't think we should go to the football game tonight because my fortune teller told me that Saturn's moon is in retrograde and something bad's going to (laughs) happen. My buddy, he'd turn around and he'd kick me in the dick and call me a tart. He'd give me negative reinforcement for my nonsense and I would be less likely to say it again. But when a beautiful girl says that exact same thing to a man, that man will say, oh, that's, that's really fascinating, sweetheart. You know, I, I really love how open you are to things like that. Why don't we just stay in and watch a movie? Translation, he means let's stay in and fuck it. It'll be free. Yay. He positively reinforces her nonsense, which leads to more nonsense. I mean, you can even you can expand evolutionary biology and look at society today to explain why so many idiots are running around with cloth masks on their face. But we're gonna we're gonna have to say that for another time. I wanted to talk about it, Australia. I want to get serious for a minute. I want to talk about Australia. So, as of today, the government now will be calling Australian citizens. And they will be required to answer their phone. And within five minutes, they will have to take a selfie in their house. I'm not sure how, how they prove it's their house. Uh, they probably have some geolocation tagging on the photos or something, but they got to take a picture within five minutes, send it back to the government to prove their home. They're straight up full on in a dictatorship now. That's That is happening right now in the developed world. That's not sub-Saharan Africa or the Middle East or Somalia. That's Australia, guys. And that's going to happen here. I mean, the Overton window of, of freedoms that are important to us and what we're willing to accept from our government, it's slowly moving as it did in New Zealand and Australia. Okay. And soon, all the authoritarian things you see there, they're going to start happening here. And half the country here, they will be just rah, 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 cheering it on like they do all this other nonsense. And you better believe they're going to blame the unvaccinated for the need for it. And the only reason this stuff hasn't already happened, I mean, a lot of it's happened, but the, the only reason all of it hasn't happened already is because what happens is they have to test. They don't have power over us, guys. They do not have power over us. If we all revolt, they cannot control us. So what they do is they float an idea out there with with Jen Psaki. She puts something out into the ether in a press conference. And if America freaks out, they're like, okay, all right. They're not quite there yet. They're not quite ready for that, but they will be soon. I mean, you remember just seven, eight months ago, Biden said there would never be any vaccine passports. Now we're going to be having vaccine passports. They slowly slowly push the boundary of what you're willing to accept until it becomes normalized. But they have no power. The government has no power. The emperor has no clothes. The only thing that is allowing all of this fuckery is you. It's you. So stop allowing it. Don't wear your mask. Don't wear your useless cloth mask when you're going out for a jog, right? Don't don't make your child wear one when he's going to school. Refuse to go to any establishment that that is requiring you to prove your vaccine status. It's not their business. None, I'm not arguing about whether these things are helpful or whether the vaccine is a good thing. I'm arguing about protecting liberty. It needs to happen now. I mean, look, guys, there's nothing special about the patch of dirt that you guys call America. There's nothing magical about it. It's not different than the patch of dirt in Australia or the dirt on the other side of the ocean that you call Somalia. There's nothing special about you as an American, right? There's people on the other side of the ocean over in, we call them Afghanistans and Filipinos and Malaysians. They're all made out of the same skin and bones. Same, we're the same, okay? And there's nothing special about this dirt we live on and there's nothing special about our rulers here as opposed to war-torn countries in the Middle East. Our rulers here are no less power-hungry than the dictators in the Middle East. They're not less power-hungry. They just we've just not allowed them to have as much power. Yet. Okay? You live a higher quality of life here in America than people in Afghanistan and the Philippines. And Somalia, for only one reason: Liberty. That's it. okay? That's the only reason you have a higher quality of life. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And thank God we still have a few checks and balances remaining in, in our in our system to protect us from the tyranny of absolute power. But every time a president or governor, governor stands up and starts making rules unilaterally, unilaterally because of an emergency, we just get one step closer to giving them absolute power. They, they, they uh, Gavin Newsom declared a state of emergency nearly two years ago so that he could have the lockdowns, which were supposed to be two weeks to slow the curve. Yeah, suck it. Okay, we're still living under that state of emergency, and he's using that state of emergency to be a dictator. Once upon a time, this country had the smallest government the world had ever seen. The people here got to experience freedom in a way that no other country in history had ever allowed its people to enjoy, and liberty. Freedom allowed men and women in this country to experiment and take chances and innovate. And that freedom led to the creation of the most prosperous society the world had ever known. Okay? Freedom. Now, for the last 110 years, the rulers of this country have slowly been stripping away those liberties and hoarding power and wealth for themselves. It started, the first big move was the creation of the Federal Reserve. And over the last 110 years, most of the time, they've stripped power and hoarded wealth fairly covertly. But in recent times, we've had a few major events where they've really dialed it up. And number one was 1971. They used an economic crisis to take your dollars off the gold standard so they could inflate the currency at will and enrich themselves. Then in 2001, we had 9-11. They used a terrorist attack to clamp down on your personal liberties. Have they given them back? No. No. No, it was to protect you because we are under threat. Well, are we under threat still from these terrorists? No. Did they give you back your liberties? No. Are they going to? No. You have to take them back. Power is the ultimate currency. Okay. And the third event, third event, the third re, the third time they tried to dial up their their power grab, it's happening now, and it's the biggest one. They are using COVID. To steal away all your freedom that remains. And once they've done that, there's no going back except through violence. I don't want that. I don't want that. 48 years old, I got two kids. I don't want violence. I don't want to live through that. Or My grandfather had to do that to, to afford me the life I have. He fought tyranny in World War II so that I may enjoy this life that I have. I don't want to fucking do that. So let's put a stop to this now. And I, you know, I'm not even sure if Americans still enjoy the highest quality of life or not anymore. But I do know that we enjoy a very high quality of life still. We're lucky and we're still reaping the words of brave and industrious people who came before us. And at this point, if you don't start caring about liberty enough to to stand up for it enough to to say things that might cost you a friend or two, if you're not willing to take a little bit of criticism, then you're not going to enjoy a high quality of life for much longer. And I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but that's just the reality of the situation. In the next decade, at most, at most over the next decade, inflation will steal all of your savings and put it in the pockets of the 0.01%. You'll be living paycheck to paycheck. You'll be getting government assistance. If you own a house and that house is not paid for in full, there's a good chance you'll lose that house. If you own a house that is paid for, there's a good chance you'll be forced to sell your house to pay the unrealized capital gains that they're already discussing implementing. And on top of all that, social control will steal away all your remaining personal freedoms. You don't like wearing a mask at the grocery store? Well, you'll be looking back at the days of wearing a mask at the grocery store like the good old days. Is this, is this sound awkward? Is this hyperbolic? Well, good, then I'm doing my part. Because it either you're eventually going to stand up and, and join me in fighting these dictatorial mandates being forced upon you and your children by refusing to comply, by refusing to show your papers to get into restaurants, by refusing to follow Fauci's orders on social distancing from your loved ones at Christmas. Either you're going to start caring about the financial health of the money in your bank account, enough to join me in writing and calling senators and representatives and telling them you will vote them out of office if they spend even one more dollar, or you get annoyed and you you're, unfollow this show. It's one or the other. I, I accept it either way. You do what you do, and I'll respect your decision. But I worked very hard to build a business and sell it and create a nest egg that I could feed my children with long after I'm dead if I was smart, and I'm not going to let them steal that with me through inflation. And I'm not going to let Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden, Governor Newsom, or any other politician raise my children and determine if they have to get injected with this vaccine. That's for my wife and me to decide. Do not comply. It's time to be brave, guys. I mean, if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your children. All right, we're going to get into the interview. But first, a word from our sponsor, SheathUnderwear.com, the sexiest underwear on planet Earth. I'm wearing three pair right now. I love them so much. Go to SheathUnderwear.com, use code word DAD for 20% off and make your lady happy. The second sponsor, a new sponsor, the Expat International School of Freedom and Entrepreneurship. And this school is exactly what it sounds like, people. If you're fed up with the current status quo and the way things are headed at your kid's school as we are, dig into this. Expat International School. Just look it up on the internet. You'll find it. I think it's at Um, expatinternational.io. And their number one principle is they believe in freedom. School for Freedom and Entrepreneurship. It's going to be initially just a, um, a uh, web-based, show, uh, web-based school, ages 8 to 18, but there are plans to expand into a regular in-person school with branches all over the country. So get in now. It's affordable, and uh, if you value freedom, it's worth looking into. All right, guys, so let's get into the show. Okay you guys, thanks for joining us today. We are here with Gary Sheffield Jr., writer of one of my favorite sports websites, outkick.com. So Gary, thanks so much for joining us, man. You're you're a great journalist and and I'm excited to talk sports with you today. All right, so how you doing?
1: I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm just uh relaxing enjoying no Instagram and then now it's back, so <laughs> a little bit right. depressing. Oh,
0: it is back? Okay, yeah, it's back. Know. You know, I was thinking uh, I mean, since that's happening right now, um it's bad for my show because our whole audience is on Facebook. It's like a hundred thousand, but I think if like all that stuff just died, it's a win for society. Really? Um, It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would force people to like start living life again. Maybe, I don't know, but
1: it's hard because all of our identities are in Facebook and Instagram and Twitter because I just started happening. It just started happening this year where I could be walking, In Arizona. And then all of a sudden someone recognizes me because of social media. Whereas Mm -hmm. before we had private lives and you would just take off. Nobody knew where you were going. You didn't need, you didn't need somebody to tell you what you look good or your food look good. Now, everything (laughs) we do is through the lens of social media. So it's hard to live without it. It's hard to not to check it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, You're right. It, it is even, even if you think you're not into it, like I, I checked today. I was like, Oh, it's, it's down. Like I only knew it yeah. was down because I tried to get on. Right. Like I, I, I do that before work. I check what's go what's going on in the world. And it, it was down. I was like, Oh, all right. Yeah. Our, our identities are tied to it. And, and you're right. Like I've, I've even been recognized out in public amongst strangers because of social media, you know, that didn't happen to yeah. regular people. 20 years ago. It's, it's really fascinating. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you about, um, is your dad, um, 500 home runs, 1600 RBIs and some change, almost 300 batting average. Those are hall of fame stats. Yeah. Um, is he going to get elected and and how come that's not happened already in your opinion?
1: Well, you had the Balco report. So really just speculation. He said, she said, and, and, Baseball writers are hesitant, uh, especially, I would probably say about half of them mm-hmm. are hesitant to put somebody in who at least had steroids along with their name. Okay. And if they already know if Barry Bonds gets in, it's going to be though The floodgates will open at that point, if any of them get in. But the interesting thing about my dad is that he had never passed. He had never failed the drug test ever. Like that's just never happened. The only thing that's keeping him out of the hall of fame at this point is a sheet of paper that says Hmm. that he was involved in steroids. But what's interesting about it is that if you actually read the Balco report, which most people didn't do, it's, it claims that my dad was receiving vitamins. Whereas the rest of the players are involved in that list actually shows which steroids, when they receive them, my dad doesn't, my dad's list doesn't say that. So Hmm. that's, what's interesting about it. And I was always hoping the writers would reach out to myself or even my dad. I mean, might as well get it from the horse's mouth. And, and ask what really happened. And if they did that, he'd be in the hall of fame right now.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So I didn't even know he was in that report. Number one, number two, it sounds like he's in the report, but they're not even accusing him of steroids. It's vitamins and some stuff.
1: Yeah. They're um, trying to say that the vitamins had uh, certain things in it. And what's interesting is that when my dad found out allegedly, right. According to my dad's story is that when he did find out about the vitamins, which he never took, um, he immediately cut all contact with Barry Bonds and never one time associated with him after that. And this is coming after they're saying that he received these vitamins after his 2001 season, which he was top five in the MVP race in the mm-hmm. national league. So it's like, what exactly was his benefit into getting in and in inserting himself into the steroid conversation? I just don't see that.
0: Yeah. Your dad was a stud. Um, I'm sure this isn't, the popular opinion, but I'm of the opinion, like, I don't care if they took steroids or not, like what you don't care if they take vitamins. We don't care if they take drink coffee, like all these things, right. We don't care if they work out, right. All these things, all of these things are things that you can put in your body or do to make yourself better uh, steroids when given to you by a doctor. I mean, half the country's now on steroids, older men, you know, like yeah, testosterone, I'm on fucking testosterone therapy. And I'll tell you what, like I got on it two years ago, I feel better than I have in 15 years. It's amazing right. stuff. And I felt this way a decade ago too. I just, I don't, I don't understand how it's cheating to use medicine. Like if somebody breaks a bone and they repair it, you're not, you're not cheating. It's not natural. You didn't heal those bones by yourself, but whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But if that's the line they're drawing is, is this Balco report and what's in it about your dad isn't even related to steroids. then that just shows you journalists aren't doing their homework, like look right. into it and make a distinction.
1: Yeah. And but, I've asked players myself, like in the minor leagues, I'm like, what does steroid, like what do steroids actually do for you? Because we're all, everybody within major league baseball in these like inner circles, we know players who are taking them. We know players who have talked to players who have taken them. And they'll tell you, they'll all tell you the same thing. It makes you feel like you did on game one. That's all it does. It makes you feel fresh. Mm-hmm. The average person can tell you that. Yeah. There's a reason that people don't just go on steroids when they're 28, 29 years old who were who were cut from their high school baseball team. All of a yes. sudden, all of a sudden they don't show up to indie ball and get signed into big league teams. There's a reason you don't see that happen because steroids don't make you a great baseball player. It no. just makes you feel good. That's all it does. If it makes yes. you feel good and healthy, You're able to play and be available for your team. It doesn't make you a Hall of Fame player as much as half of baseball seems to think it does. It just, that's not what happens.
0: Yes. uh, Steroids are testosterone. I work in healthcare. It's testosterone. As you age, you produce less of it. Right. So putting that back in seems like a good idea. And now uh, I wasn't planning to talk about this, but like with uh, these transgender athletes, they're all on it. Right. Yeah. All these women transitioning to be men and competing in sports. Well, they're all on steroids and you're encouraging that. But you're telling these other athletes that can't do it, like make up your fucking mind. Which is it? Can you do it or can you not do it? Like we can't have a double standard. Okay. I I got on it from a doctor two years ago because I was tired all the time and I've never been that kind of person. And it turns out I was tired all the time because I'm fucking old, Gary. I'm, I'm 48 and now I feel great. I'm having sex with my wife. Four times a week, like we did a decade ago, I I wake up. I want to exercise. It's it's medicine. So yeah, Barry Bonds might have gotten a little bit carried away from it. Maybe they need maybe they need limits. Maybe it should have to be under a doctor's supervision. So you're not just like becoming the Incredible Hulk. But there's nothing wrong with replacing what your body has lost. That's medicine.
1: Yeah, if there was regulation, that'd be great. It would just be awesome because. Part of being a fan is understanding who's going to be available that day. And when guys have the proper, um, I would just say if steroids are used the right way, p- players are going to be on the field longer. They're going to be on the field, 150, 160 games. You're not going to be seeing what you see today where guys are out for half the season because yeah. naturally 162 game season is not normal. As much as people believe that I played college baseball, we played 60 game seasons. Plus we played the summer and we we're playing hundred games a year. Yeah. It was really hard on our bodies. I dealt with injuries. We were all dealing with injuries. And if you had steroids, it would make you feel better on one given day. And Mm -hmm. next thing, you know, instead of having a a torn hamstring or or just a nagging hamstring, you're, you're overcompensating, you hurt the other side of your body. So these different injuries could all be avoided if we had proper steroid use in major league baseball or sports in general.
0: Absolutely brutal. I mean, I think, I think there's, some evidence there in this last year with the nba where we had a shortened off season so it was like a longer season like like baseball would have shortened off season and what do you know by the playoffs this year every star in the league was injured right none of them could handle it because it's not natural to do that to your body anyway let's get off stairways but i want to ask you about um the the vaccine stuff in the nba right so I, we're in California. I'm horrified with what's going on out here. They're gonna they're gonna force vaccinations on children against the will of their parents. I mean, right. I don't know how the whole state can be crying my body, my choice. But then they're gonna hold down babies and jab met, met, metal needles into them to give them medicine because it's for their own good. But in the NBA, a lot of players are unvaccinated, and some of them are taking a hardline stance, and they're not going to be getting paid a lot of money. When they go to cities like uh, Golden State, L.A., New York. And and what I love about this, number one, is that it's it's screwing up the media narrative that all the unvaccinated, all the unvaccinated people are dirty, racist uh, Trump people. Right. Um, how is the media like when this becomes full blown, when the season starts and this is everywhere, how's the media going to treat this situation?
1: They're going to bully all the players. I'm assuming those players who are unvaccinated right now are going to be bullied into being vaccinated. You saw with Andrew Wiggins. I mean, we're talking $18 million. Uh, I believe it was somewhere over $16 million that he was going to be losing. Now, nobody's doing that. Realistically, it's no, a lot of people in the middle class, yeah, but he get plays it say, for
0: Golden State, maybe somebody does. who plays for Minnesota and only plays two games a year right. in California.
1: That person he- might. You can, yeah, you can make an example and you're going to need somebody that's not in the Bay area. It can't be Kyrie Irving where half your games are in Brooklyn, right? It's just too much money to lose. The average person's just not going to lose that much money. You're just, you're not going to do that. So, um, I, I, I believe they're going to treat him like a Trump supporter. They're going to treat you like an anti-vax loony. That's you saw the way Cole Beasley is being treated right now in the NFL and that's with the NFL with an audience that's predominantly conservative. When you're talking in the NBA, where the average person who's covering the NBA, the average person who's watching the NBA is liberal. So imagine the type of coverage you're going to see. It's just going to be bully mentality until something gives. I'm not really yeah. sure exactly how to predict and where it'll end.
0: Yeah. Is, it, is that true that most of the people watching the NBA are liberal? Like, are, are you just guessing? Like, what, what's your sense on that?
1: Well. It, I would just assume, I mean, honestly, I would just assume what, I mean, when I attend basketball games, um, it it seems like you start seeing more commercials, whether it's on the jumbotron, you see, you see more, um, I would just say more pandering to, to black lives matter, these different organizations, than you would see at a different venue at an NHL game. So, and I'm, I'm almost positive that they have some type of idea of who their target audience is. Gotcha. And when you understand your target audience, you can get away with more and more abuse.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But there's no doubt, like not just the NBA, um, MLB, the NFL, they've all they've all suddenly gone woke. And I think it's yeah. hilarious because they're not they don't suddenly care more about black people than they did five years ago. It's a business decision. Um, It's clearly a business decision. Like with the MLB, this this uh, all star game, they moved it from Atlanta to Colorado, I believe, because of Atlanta's new voting rights law is apparently racist. So they take the game out of a city in Atlanta that's predominantly black and move it to an all white state pretty much. Yeah, just ripping those jobs. So if they cared, that wouldn't be the thing to do, I would think. I don't think it's posturing.
1: I don't understand who you're posturing to in general. I don't, I don't understand. I always thought baseball was more of a blue collar and, and, you know, son and pop sit down on the couch and you're going to watch baseball. I did not get this mentality of where baseball was going to head liberal and head woke. I don't understand what they're doing, but what we're starting to realize is that we really need sports as an escape from real life. That's something that the ratings, They started to understand that is that no matter how woke you go, we might hold out for maybe a week or two. You might have an aunt or an uncle say, I'm never going to watch that again. But ultimately, we need some type of release from real life. And at this point with the presidency and the way the country's going, it's very stressful at this Mm -hmm. point. So you need baseball. You need baseball playoffs. And no matter how woke it goes, it's almost like we just tolerate it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. With baseball and the NFL as well. It's it sucks because politics has infected everything in society. And I don't remember it always be being this way. And a lot of people, myself included, I go to sports because I enjoy sports. I used to be an athlete. I like watching sports. It's an escape. I, I do yes. enjoy political debate banter. And we talk about it a lot on the show. But sports is my escape, you know, and that's all been affected. Do you think it ever goes back to how it was. I mean, politics have always been in sports, but it's never been like it is now.
1: No, it's going to return. It it will absolutely return exactly where it was, where it left. And what you're going to see is you're going to see networks like Barstool start to cover. And in Barstool, they're not necessarily going to go conservative or what they're going to do is they're going to keep it to sports and say, well, this is just a sports broadcast. This is what we loved about sports. The normal mm. people are going to start broadcasts. It's going to be very third party and the networks like ESPN and Fox sports one who are trying to go either right in the middle where Fox is a little bit more towards the middle, but you have ESPN who's owned by Disney and wildly liberal. Those people are just going to be faded. Their people are going to fade them away. Who's going to pay for ESPN plus to go watch these different networks and read these different articles when you can have a third party like Barstool cover an event like Yankees, Red Sox in the playoffs who knows, four or five, six, seven years from now, those people are going to take over because people just want to watch sports. They don't want to hear whether they agree or not.
0: Yeah, yeah. ESPN at this point, they've become state media propaganda like CNN. They're closer to CNN than they are to Chris Berman's ESPN in
1: 1985. 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, So so there's a void there. You're right. There's a void. And and you're saying Barstool and Barstool's great. Uh, What about Outkick? Like, are is there there's 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 a a slice there that's available to somebody to come in and fill that void like why not do like a outkick station
1: yeah they easily could and you obviously know that fox was they purchased outkick a few months back okay well it's well, Fox, it's, now that you have that type of funding, they can move and they can start maneuvering into the sports venture because we already cover sports yeah. for the most part. But once you can start getting the rights and to be able to send out a broadcast crew and get everything up to standards and quality, that you're looking for, Mm -hmm. people are going to listen. And whether or not people want to be agreed with, that's just in general. Who who doesn't want to watch a broadcast? If you hear political banter, you want to agree with the banter that's on TV. Sure. So if you even have a conservative network in sports, people are going to gravitate towards that. Whether it's in the middle or conservative, people are going to pay attention to that. And Mm -hmm. I already know Barstool. Barstool is already working on it now they're going to take over. ESPN will not be the ESPN and Fox Sports ones. They'll be faded out in 2-3 years from now.
0: Good. Good. I mean, good. Um yeah, people they people don't like being preached at is the bottom line, not especially right. when you're when you're watching sports. Um I so let's get in the NBA cuz the NBA is is coming up. Um, I remember Michael Jordan once famously said that he, he didn't talk politics because even Republicans buy sneakers. Um loved it. Right. And LeBron, LeBron takes the opposite approach. He's been very political. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, I don't think there's much difference there. I think LeBron is political for the same reason. Michael Jordan is not. I think LeBron mm-hmm. is making a calculated business decision. Yes. Um, I think he thinks, yes. Okay. And, and that became obvious to me when, when all the China stuff happened and, you know, China, all these very horrible human rights violations in China. And it got brought up in the context of the, of the NBA and LeBron defended it. So that tells me you don't genuinely believe the bullshit you're saying. So my question is how big of a grip does China have over the NBA?
1: Like what is going on there? They have, they have them by the neck and they cannot move because ultimately it's a numbers game. If China is throwing you out billions and, and billions of dollars, What is the NBA supposed to do other than punt on all that money? And that's really what it comes down to. It's all going to be based on money. Every decision that everybody makes in the world is based on money. We all want money. The NBA is no exception to that. So if you have to, I guess, disregard human rights, and you see Apple doing it with sweatshops all the way out in China, and they're sending us a device that costs $8.99. Well, if it wasn't made in China using slave labor, those same devices would be $35. Yes, And so that's really what you're looking at. And they're ignoring human rights in order to make a convenient product for us. The NBA is right. going to do the exact same thing. They're going to utilize slave labor. They're going to basically ignore everything that's happening there to take advantage financially. And Michael Jordan and LeBron James are essentially, they had the same decision. At that time when he said they all buy the same sneakers, Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. LeBron was never into politics either, but he had that same decision on his plate. And his entire PR team, everybody realized it'll be in your best interest just to play along with exactly what the media says because you can't get in trouble. There won't be any gambling issues. Nobody's going to bring up anything that's wrong with you as long as you play by the media's rules. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, is it is the right decision. Nobody's going to come to your doorstep and ask you any questions. Nobody's going to be critical of you. So. LeBron's making business decisions and I can't say that I'm upset about it because a lot of people would do the exact same thing. That's the reason you see most celebrities standing with LeBron James, but it's just, we just have to understand the motives behind it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And well, there are some celebrities who are now starting to take a stand and I I appreciate those people, but yeah, it's a business decision. That, that, that was my point. Um, But it's, it wouldn't be so gross if they were just straight up about it. You know what I mean? Like it's the deception that, that just grosses me out. When you say one thing, but you have this glaring hypocrisy. Just, just be honest. Like I think people do appreciate honesty. Apple, the same thing, like you mentioned Apple. Nobody's more woke than Apple. Nobody. And also, <laughs> nobody's doing more human rights violations as a company in the world than Apple. So cut the shit. That's all like be real. We use slave labor because Americans want cheap products. Just, just tell us, right?
1: Let us all be real. We are breeding people to be narcissists in this society, especially our celebrities. At this point, we we celebrate celebrities more than any generation ever has. They have 60 million followers at their fingertips on every which platform you go. Billions of people that they can make impressions on by the second. Mm-hmm. These people are quite literally, it, it just, we're breeding people to say, my identity isn't feeling good and being praised. If LeBron James says Black Lives Matter with a hashtag, he is going to be showered by 99% of celebrities, millions of people on social media. But what happens if Donald Trump's if Donald Trump is tweeted out by LeBron James? If, if he says, He's done. you know, you know He's done. I really, I'm just really starting to understand exactly what his message was sending. Yep. It's a harder life to live. People are after you. It's 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 one side is is hatred and 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 shouting down your name and the other is different. Conservatives handle things differently. They just yes. don't but now liberals you start to see the bully mentality of if you don't follow along you see it with Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj says one That's thing. She did not example. even she didn't even come out as a conservative. No, All she's not. Said, I don't think she is. Not she, she's is liberal she's liberal. That's what it is. And so when Nicki Minaj comes out and says, I'm starting to question what's happening, and maybe you should ask questions, not saying you need to come to the conclusions, any type of conclusion to steer you away from the vaccine doesn't need to do that at all. That's all she said. Mm -hmm. Perfectly reasonable. Perfectly reasonable. Everybody should be doing exactly what she said. Just ask your own questions. You know, seek out your own research, make your own decision that's best for you. And what did people do? It was one side, it was bully mentality. And the other side, who wasn't even being agreed with, by the way, was like, okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Completely different ways to to deal with this entire mentality and yeah, you're seeing the difference between liberals and conservatives.
0: Yeah. At the very least, whether you're doing your own research or not, the decision should lie with you. And I, I find it absolutely disgusting that we're starting to segregate the world again. Like you that's the only thing you can call it is in California, New York, segregation has begun again. Um, yep. and people get mad at you for people get mad when you make that comparison. But what's another word for it? When you tell somebody you're not allowed to work, you're not allowed to eat at this restaurant, you're not allowed to go to the movies. What do you call that? If not segregation?
1: I can't go to Joe Rogan's. Joe Rogan is my favorite person to listen to and watch. I can't go into his show without a negative test and a vaccine card. This is Joe Rogan, who's arguably one of the best people to listen to, not even a conservative, by the way. Mm-hmm. This guy is very freedom of thought. He's willy-nilly. He goes every which direction, wherever the wind blows. That's the way he runs his show. Yes. I can't get into his show in New York City without talking about a vaccine. How is that not segregation? Realistically, if I can't walk in, they go, well, why can't Gary walk in the building? Yeah. Oh, it's because he didn't roll up his sleeve. How ridiculous is that? Yeah.
0: And you know, and yeah, and this this is where some celebrities need to take a stand because I, I I've been... I've been listening to Joe Rogan literally since about his second podcast. I, I love that guy too. He people like him as um, who's the comedian that came out recently and said he won't perform at any venues like that. Um, can't can't recall the name right now, but somebody like Joe Rogan who has a giant audience needs to make that same decision. He, somebody needs to be able, be willing to sacrifice a little bit. He's going to be fine. He's got a hundred million dollars from Spotify You should tell Madison square garden. Fuck you. I'm not coming. Yeah, I will go. I will go to Idaho and my fans will follow or whatever. Like someone needs to start making those decisions.
1: If they can move the MLB all-star game, why can't Joe Rogan move his own event? He could, you mean to tell me that Joe Rogan can't just tell him to kick rock. We'll just go to New Jersey or we'll kick rock. We'll go to the next state. Of course you can.
0: It's disappointing. It is.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. So
0: basketball season again, starting, um, we were talking about LeBron. His career is winding down a little bit. Um, I'm a Clipper guy. It's a very, it's a very painful existence. Uh, we keep thinking we're about to get over the hump, and then just, it's just Clipper chaos every year. Yeah, Who is about to take the throne as the new king of the NBA from LeBron? Who do you think ne- that next guy is going to be?
1: That, to me, is Kevin Durant. Ke- Kevin Durant, to me, is the best player in the NBA, and it's really going to set up for the Nets – because at this point, the Nets are in a position where Kyrie Irving is either going to be bullied into being vaccinated as a hometown New York player. And they're going to have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, assuming they're healthy. And they also have a bench. Don't forget my boy, Blake Griffin. Correct. And Blake Griffin absolutely was a secret agent, pretending like he was absolutely done. Yeah, And the second he gets to <laughs> Brooklyn, he's back. That guy, he's that's finesse. That's finesse right there. So I have to give him credit. And yep. the Nets at this point, Lamarcus Aldridge, right back there on the bench. She, who knows? They throw him in the starting lineup. They legitimately are a great basketball team, not just the top three guys in their and their rotation they've got, but it's really setting up for Kevin Durant. This whole path is setting up for KD to just take over as the best player in the NBA. And I always said LeBron was really only going to give up that throne due to age. And we're starting to get to that point. I really haven't seen much, much of him slowing down, but now that you see the, the Russell Westbrooks and the Anthony Davis, I expect him to start sprinkling the offense around. And and it's Katie's time now.
0: Yeah. I think, I, I think I agree with you, with you. I think you're right. Personally. I love watching Luca play. He, he's yeah. just so smooth, but uh, he doesn't play much D. So I don't think that's your guy. I, th- I think you're right. I think it's Kevin Durant. Um, The, uh, where are we on time oh we're good um the mlb right um, they're testing only unvaccinated players a new policy they just came out with right so they they all the sports they test their players the mlb has now decided they're only going to test the unvaccinated players all the science tells us that vaccinated people can can catch it they can spread it so the only difference between unvaccinated and, and vaccinated people is that the vaccinated people might be positive walking around feeling great and spreading it because they're less sick and they feel great. So there doesn't seem to be any logical reason to make this decision to only test the unvaccinated. Why are they doing it?
1: Business and PR. So realistically, I'll start with the business side. They don't want Garrett Cole or, or, or if there was a Juan Soto in the playoffs, they don't want them testing positive. They know the majority of players are vaccinated. So now they can essentially get away with guys being sick out on the field. They can just have the virus and they're going to they they understand that these players are not at risk whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. And now the PR of it. If you have an entire team to go down with COVID during the playoffs when everybody is going to be watching, the national mm-hmm. media is going to be watching. And an entire team goes down with COVID and 100% of those players have a vaccination, what's that going to say about the vaccine? baseball who's essentially gone liberal for reasons I don't understand, right? They're gonna say this is bad optics. So what they'd rather do is completely elude logic and just allow vaccinated sick who can still spread the virus, individuals just walk around willy-nilly in the dugout and they're gonna pick on the people who are unvaccinated, just like they're doing in society okay. and say you're the reason that this virus exists.
0: That that you know what that that's a great answer. That makes perfect sense. It's kind of win-win. Uh, we don't have to sit players at the most important time of the year and we can simultaneously pressure the remaining unvaccinated to, to, to take it. That makes perfect sense. I get it. That, that that's a decision I get now from a business angle. I mean, logically yeah. it's garbage, but okay. It, okay. Get it. Um, the NFL, uh, I, that's, I love watching the NFL Sunday, you know, like any other guy, I love this. I want to saturday's family day that's my wife's boss i'm doing what she says with the kids sunday i want to sit there and i want to watch seven hours of football that's what i want to do i want to have some beer i want to have some chicken wings now i'm noticing we have two national anthems um i don't even like one anthem i'm not i'm not a super patriotic guy uh but whatever we have an anthem is two anthems a good idea
1: I was more, I was, I was fine just getting rid of the Anthem altogether. I just, unless it's a nationally televised game, it's not that I don't like the Anthem. It's not that I don't like what it stands for. It's not all that. It's not any of it. It's more so of just what, like, like, for what reason are we doing this? Like in a random 10 AM Sunday game, like, do we need to be doing this? Okay. But on a nationally televised game, I totally understand. I don't need two Anthems. First off. 99% of the population had never even known that we had another anthem until we just did we, like, did we just invent this new anthem? Like, we don't need these things. We're just coming up with new ways to satisfy um, a different niche in society. And we don't need to be doing these things. We need to allow people to understand you need to conform to the way the real world is instead of just trying to coddle and make everybody in the audience comfortable. We need to either A leave it the way it was or go backwards and get rid of the national anthem altogether because we don't really need it. Yes.
0: A hundred percent. Because if you continue down and they never do this, they never take the next step. But if you, I mean, logically they never take the next step, but if you continue down this path, the only logical thing to do now is, well, we need a gay anthem. Yes. And then we need a trans anthem. Then we need one for Mexicans. And then, you know what? The dad needs one. I need my own anthem. You know, what I mean, like, what? yeah, it just keeps going and going and going. It's ridiculous. It's the same thing with the, you know, I, I support gay and bi rights. I always have. I was pro gay marriage 20 years ago. But it's the same thing that the LGBTQ now, that's just the first four letters of something that's about 37 letters long, right? If you go down this path. There's no end to it. So, yeah, I'm with you. Throw the anthem out. I don't need it. In my football game, I think it's like the Pledge of Allegiance at school. You're just propagandizing children's minds, like let them decide for themselves how they feel. Um, But I don't think it's going away. I don't I don't think that's how we're going in the NFL. Um, And all of this seems like it was kind of kicked off by Colin Kaepernick. Um, I have no problem with Colin Kaepernick. I have no problem with his statements, you know, about police brutality. I'm not a fan of the police. But what do you think about him and the way he chose to go about things, how he's affected the NFL and how the NFL has treated him back?
1: Well, for one, Colin Kaepernick figured out him and his team, they understood that you can monetize pain. That's something that Jesse Jackson and, and, and plenty others have done is take advantage of anxiety, pain and trauma mm-hmm. in America and monetize it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: can do that. You've seen Quentin Tarantino do it in a safe way by making slavery themed movies every four years. Yeah. And you now see Colin Kaepernick doing it in the sports media world and it's worked to perfection. Now he has a Netflix special. Now he's, he's going to be a, a generational wealth for not doing what his initial job was to do, which was play football. Mm-hmm. And I've always tried to tell people the actual beginning of the the really over politicizing sports was actually started with the Miami heat and LeBron James. And this is when Trayvon Martin was um, was gunned down and Trayvon Martin and the Miami heat actually all in unison showed up and they wore hoodies to, to show respect to Trayvon Martin. And what you that's really right. saw was right. ESPN, CNN. And that's when everybody started to say, we need to start paying attention. And that's when we started seeing the hashtags and and all the hashtags and the the pictures and the the blackout our Instagram photos, all of those little gestures began with the Miami Heat. So the way the NFL is treating Colin Kaepernick, they essentially were trying to say, we need to put an end to all these gestures because it's going to get out of hand. And mm-hmm. then eventually it did get out of hand when they tried to get him to go away. And now they had to pick up the mess, which was over just really just overcompensate and go the opposite direction when try to get themselves out of the crosshairs. And ultimately, now it's a mess.
0: They sure did. Like the I I only noticed it, honestly, this weekend. Maybe I don't play pay close enough attention, but I just noticed the messages on the backs of the helmets, like end racism and this (laughs) and that. And, And that's fine. Like, that's a nice message end racism. But you won't see anything of substance. Like, how about... Uh, stop dropping drone bombs on brown babies' heads in the Middle East or, right. you know, like, or or stop, end modern slavery. You know, it's just some, it's just like nice little statements like end racism. Like, yeah, who's going to argue with end racism? But Why don't you see
1: anyone's head. foundation on the back of their helmet? Hey, what? I'm going to start my own foundation. I could easily do that. Yeah. I, Joe Rogan, if Joe Rogan was in the NFL and he was a big star and he had a, a foundation and everybody knew the foundation. He could get it approved by the NFL easily and put mm-hmm. a sticker on the back of his helmet and say, all proceeds are going to X. There you go. These people, this underserved community, that's what we're going to do with this money. But what yeah. do you see? You just see hashtags. What have hashtags ever done to save anybody? Can you imagine if Martin Luther yeah. King existed today? And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Instead of <laughs> speaking in front of millions, I'm just going to tweet out a hashtag. Let's get this trend accomplished. <laughs> right. Let's
0: just <laughs> let's get this trending. Yeah, it's it's. It's posturing it's uh it's you uh it's people wanting to they're seeking approval
1: right Nobody, nobody's
0: really trying to make a lot of changes even people like uh, we were talking about ESPN how they've gone full woke and and it's it probably has to do with their ties with Disney and whatnot but certain journalists like Jamel Hill she's gone full fucking Keith Oberman right yes. like she's just she's not a sports journalist anymore. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, well, why are you doing this? You were a su- successful sports broadcaster. Um, is this like your life's passion? You think you're going to change the world? Do you really think the world is that bad for, for Black people in 2021? Is, uh, is this a, a business move? Like, what is that all about? Why are broadcasters doing that?
1: Well, because ultimately it requires the least amount of work. If I get to show up to ESPN and put on my put on really just my resume and say, Hey, I'm a Jewish black man. That's all you really need to know. I don't need to, you don't need to look at my requirements where I've worked. If my number one draw was that I'm going to be part of the diversity program and they're Mm -hmm. going to put me on center stage in front of millions of people. I'm going to make millions of dollars. It's the easiest thing I could possibly do. Nobody knows that I'm Jewish at all. Right. 1st time hearing of it.
0: You and Rod Carew. That's it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, no, like nobody knows these things as which you can get into colleges easier by being Jewish, you can get in with by being all different types of religions. I have never once tried to capitalize on it. But who which which area of, of political of venues does, does they try to capitalize on, on these social structures that we've now just basically created is liberal people. They'll say, well, I need to be up there because I'm black, we need to start empowering people like me. It's the easiest thing you could possibly do. The way to solve racism is to hire me for a multi-million-dollar job. Mm-hmm. Don't look at what I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. You don't need to look at Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt, and the thing is about Scott Van Pelt, who's one of my favorite broadcasters in the world, by the way. Imagine being hired as a black man over all the work that he's put in and then saying that you're doing something that's benefiting society. But really, only mm-hmm. that person who's being put in that position is going to be happy about what's happening. And everybody else is just waiting for handouts, waiting for jobs, waiting for things to change for them and Mm -hmm. pointing racism until you get what you want. It's the easiest thing you could possibly do and I refuse to do it.
0: I I appreciate that. I I, I appreciate guys like you, Jason Whitlock, um, just Larry Elder out here running for governor. I think the hardest thing right now is to be black and to not fall in line because they yeah. go after those people more than anyone. They were calling Larry Elder the in the L.A. Times headlines, yeah. L.A. Times respectable paper, the black face of white supremacy, if you can imagine that. That's a guy who scary. grew up in South Central, made made himself into a millionaire. He's he's now the head of the KKK. So I appreciate people like you who are willing to take a stand. Like I said earlier, it's very disappointing when I saw I saw that on Twitter about Joe Rogan's uh, event. That disappoints me because I thought that guy's a, that guy's a fighter. Yeah, whatever. Um, la- the last thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, the-, the Rachel Nichols thing. Did you cover that at all? And what's what's your vibe on all that?
1: I paid attention to it, but this is how this is how 99% of the, the field feel in real life, that this is how people feel, liberal or conservative. They know that it's nonsense, that, that you're going to have everybody line up and you, you have a hundred people in the room. And if the top 10 people are all white and all 10 of those people don't get the job, that's bad business. It's stupid. It's absolute stupidity to hire any other way other than looking at who's best at what job. And if the, if you're doing that and you're doing that with, 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 um, with just, if you're doing that process properly, if, if you're not seeing people of color, then we need to start being honest and saying, we need to get better as a society, no matter if it's black people, white people, it does not matter what race or ethnicity, it does not matter. You need to get better. And uh, there's actually a great episode and uh, in one of the Netflix specials, it's called black AF. And I actually was watching it. It was, it was a really funny show. And he, he basically blames everything on racism. And eventually he looks at his producer. He's a movie producer, a movie writer. And he says, is everybody afraid to say that I suck at what I do because I'm black. And they go, yes, (laughs) I saw that. We are. And that's what society is at this point. Nobody's going to look at, rachel nichols and say well she's just the best in the business which she was best in the business why is she losing her job because she's white there you go yeah yeah i mean a
0: merit-based society is best for everyone really it really is um and and i that's not that's not the the route we're taking anymore i hope that changes i i again thank you for coming on We're, we're we're out of time uh Tell people where they can find you. They can find you on outkick.com. He puts up great articles, great writer. Where else can they find you?
1: You can find me on all social media platforms. Gary Sheffield Jr. Well, not today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) Um, And I was hoping Facebook and all those places would, especially Facebook. I was tired of remembering birthdays and all that garbage. So I was ready to get that out of here. So, um, yeah, Gary Sheffield Jr. everywhere. Don't know how I managed to, because, you know, everybody's name is stolen on social media. I got the same name across all platforms and obviously at outkick.com, you can find my, uh, my, all my material.
0: Yeah, guys, if, if you're sports fans like me, definitely go to outkick. It's it's fucking great. All right. Thank you so much, Gary. Appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, man. Thanks for having me.